Hi, I am Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety and mental health overall. Now we both work to improve our own mental health and the mental health of others by sharing what we did to help our social anxiety and what we learn and continue to do to improve upon our own mental health. What we share is what we learn from our own experiences. We are not mental health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. Hello, listeners. This is the Social Ninjas podcast, co-hosted by myself, Kyle, and as always, Jeremy. What is up, Jeremy? Hello. Nice to nice to be on again. Well, who are the chances? I'm on again. <laughs> <laughs> you made the cut. <laughs> and then we also have a very special guest with us today, Ben. What's going on, Ben? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for uh, hopping on. Thanks for having me. So how we usually start the podcast is, well, we got tired of reading people's bios, so we just started <laughs> having people introduce themselves. So, do you mind uh, kind of sharing with people listening who don't know who you are, kind of yeah, a little bit of your bio, your bio, your background, kind of what you do? So uh, professionally, I'm a uh, uh, licensed master's in social worker in the state of New York right now. I've also been licensed in California as well. Uh, um, so I've, uh, I work in mental health services and uh, I, um, yeah, I've been doing that three years now. And before that it was uh, a lot of odds and ends jobs and uh, um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I never introduced well, myself bad. before, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is great practice. <laughs> so if you're listening, like practice, all right? Just get your practice reps in. We talk about that a lot. <laughs> yep. So you've only right been again. In Ben, can you just go ahead? So, so you've only been in uh, the mental health field for the past few years. So what got you into that? Uh, so. There was a point in time where um, I was living in Israel and uh, my wife is studying to be clergy, a cantor. And uh, I took that, that a year there to, uh, to study at a yeshiva, the conservative yeshiva. It was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I thought I wanted to maybe look into being a rabbi. And uh, I took a pastoral counseling class while I was there. And uh, it, uh, it meant a lot to me when I was there. And I realized that maybe I want to do this, but without the spiritual lens um and so i uh can i looked at options of uh becoming a therapist and uh i applied to hunter so i went to hunter after that when we moved back to new york uh, uh, uh. so what is it exactly you do and um uh, my curiosity is what is something you help people the most with what type of uh, challenge um, so, uh, I've really, in, I've, I've worked in addiction and, uh, and then severe mental health and then also foster care. Mm. And, uh, I think that out of all of them, what I, I really enjoy is, uh, like, a like a meta therapy, uh, which is just helping people, um, 
to think about their thinking like that's uh the best uh aspect so um uh, let's see i uh uh yeah uh i'm heaven you're muted yeah. so how do people usually think about their thinking that is uh not helpful and how do you change it to be helpful um well i i'm not exactly sure i really love uh i love the moments when i break it down in, into like exploring the language that people use so sometimes it's uh as simple as using the word but in the middle of a sentence and and that but usually means that the first half of what they said wasn't true uh maybe it's uh just not on the emotional level and so i get to like uh explore that with them and then see how that is mapped out into into their thinking and then uh, i like to call people out when they use the word should um, and then uh, I like to I like to explore kind of uh, when you, when you talk a lot about what what you want or, or uh, your history and things, and you leave out prepositional phrases in your conversation, um, or you use like um, never or always words. Those are those are great ones to kind of explore in the moment, um, and then that kind of leads into uh, discussing about more of the way that they're thinking about their problems and their life and and then uh, we get to direct more of the conversation away from all the things that they're that are going on around them to more of what's going on in their own story and in their own head and the way that they're creating the narrative that they're involved with Beautiful. so for, for people listening you, you said you call people out when, when they use should so what what is the power of thinking with shoulds with shoulds <laughs> do to someone um so uh when i hear somebody using the word should a lot either on themselves or on others it's it's the word should comes with uh, guilt or shame and uh if you if you don't know the difference between guilt and shame then that can even be more confusing because uh, it usually in that that way will lead towards shame and uh, so they're either shaming on themselves in that moment and telling them themselves all the things they should be doing instead of pulling themselves into the present moment and sometimes they direct that energy outwards as well of telling other people what they should be doing and giving advice instead of uh, instead of I think their larger want usually in those moments is to assist people and other people in their own growth and uh, it comes across as advice giving and very disconnecting. Love it. That's one thing that I've really uh, learned a lot from Jeremy, well, I guess Jeremy first, but I think it came from, maybe he learned it from Mankind Projects. I heard a lot of people in there say it as well, is nobody's, nobody starts just like spouting off advice to someone. It's always know can i offer up something to you mm. man i've been using the heck out of that and it's been so great instead of just like coming out like my wife says something and i'm like well you should do this and then i'm just saying can i offer up a suggestion for you and it's been like so much smoother so like i love that technique <laughs> <laughs> it creates a great buy-in too i mean i mean the power of them also knowing that they can say no in that moment, it's just yeah. such a wonderful buy-in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so 
yeah, so much yeah less pressure with with that ability to say no. <laughs> My next question for you, Ben, is if someone is being challenged with uh, their language and they have some anxiety and they're feeling maybe they feel guilty about having anxiety, um, been kind of feeling down lately with some of your feedback for that. So that's a, that's another meta layer of of shooting on themselves. They they're getting into uh, into that story of should, even if it's in their own head. And uh, so, and that could also be the the speaker as well coming across as uh, as shooting on them. So creating that connection and um, and really having the buy-in of that relationship allows you to go a little bit deeper than than a lot of those uh, um, I feel like that's two different thoughts there that I'm having um, no worries. <laughs> but uh, yeah I think you, you create a, a really solid relationship first and then you uh, and then when you're able to point out and explore those shoulds those shoulds on them when you when you should on yourself even if it's in your own head and uh, and I think that is a lot of anxiety is is comes across that way is I'm, I constantly judge and should myself in my head and then uh, that pulls me out of the present moment that uh, I start comparing the past and the future and living in those realities and um, yeah. So what, yeah. what is what is a, a better word for it? So in in so this, sometimes when you have a thought about something you want to give to somebody using a different word other than should. Um. Well, I love the the idea of the, of the buy-in. So are you are you open? Uh, I have some advice. Uh, would you like to hear it? Just, just getting that person to like acknowledge that there's a relationship between their consent and in the conversation, um, and uh, and then going further to explore that moment. But I think, I think yeah, I have to be very delicate most of the time. If I have a should in my head and I want to express it and I want to put it in different words, most of the time it's still a should it's still my want of something that they want to do differently. So even if I successfully reword it, I think I most of the time I like to check in, especially if I'm sitting with a client and, and I have a should, I know that they should probably be acting differently or doing something differently. Um, then I have to check in with myself to be like, this is, this is my want for them and this may not be them. So then I usually change the, the language to, I have a want for for what for what you just shared I have a want and then I share my want and so that that's usually like my want is that you hold yourself more valuable and that you um, you start seeing it from a different perspective sometimes and so instead of directing it as like you should value yourself more and uh, hold yourself at a higher level mm. <laughs> just the difference. You should feel grateful. All those like toxic uh, stuff. I, I, I always found it fascinating. I learned this recently. The dynamic of the people don't realize it. So one person will give someone advice on something, and that person will get triggered because they're just throwing it without consent almost, 
And then when they get triggered, that per other person who's giving advice gets upset because they're like, I'm going out of my way to help you and you're getting mad at me. And they're not, the awareness isn't even there. I think, uh, I think I, I was talking with a friend about this today, actually, is the idea of uh, like a model for empathy is the, the biggest piece that's always like, that a lot of people jump over is that moment where you just allow the pain to be in the room. Uh, because we, I often want to, to hear the pain and fix it, which is advice or relating or however you respond to the, to the pain in the moment. And that's usually a way of just trying to like pack the pain away and go to the next thing as opposed to um, here's my pain, feel it with me and just sit in it. And that, that can be very, dis uh, that can be very uncomfortable sometimes. And so, uh, so feeling that and uh, having a relationship where you can do that is, is very different than, um, than that moment of like, okay, now that you've said what the pain is, here's the solution. It's just um, taking that time to be like, here's what the pain is. Okay, let's feel it for, for however long we need to feel it first. Um, I saw I saw that recently with my, I think my, the company that I work for is response to COVID is, uh, is a lot of times they, they want to provide a solution and say, this is what we're doing to fix it, as opposed to just acknowledging all the pain that we're all going through right now, sitting with that and then talking about the solutions that they want to provide. So just even on like a, a company level, I feel like they could benefit a lot from creating the space to say like, this sucks. Let's feel that. Yeah, yeah that, that reminds me uh, a lot of, or at least a little bit of uh, like if one of my kids is like, they're like crying about something or you know they, they hurt themselves it's so easy to be like to start telling them like it's okay it's okay it's okay and it's like sending like this like weird message like in their head like it's not okay like i'm in pain but i'm telling them it is okay and instead just saying like yeah that that must have really hurt or just like really like empathize with you know the, the feeling that they're having uh yeah it just made me thought about think about that what you just said hmm. So uh, I, I have a question. The uh, when you're having the shoulds internally, so you're saying like, yeah, I mean, I, I should have got uh, water before the podcast. I mean, I can't really. Is there a way to really change the word, or is it more just being more present to get out of the shoulds? How do you get? How do you get out of the shoulds internally? So I think even when you do it to yourself, you got to create that moment to, to acknowledge and feel the fact that it sucks not to have water right now, <laughs> instead of jumping to the idea of like, uh, of, you know, what, what could I do differently? Because that's a, that's a needed conversation and that will come. But if you jump there, uh, you might, you might kind of get stuck in that moment in your own head. And for me, that's sometimes that's that's definitely sometimes how anxiety shows up is uh, is I don't give myself the chance to feel it and to, to process that emotion and not and it, it, the goal can't be let's process this emotion so it goes away. The goal has to be let's process this emotion so I actually feel this pain. And uh, it makes I think a lot of that that emotional component pretty hard sometimes like I, I would love to just keep going as opposed to 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like, yeah, most people's like, or at least mine is like, initially, it's just like, I don't want to feel grief or sadness. Like, how do I get rid of this emotion where we're really supposed to be feeling it? So, yeah, I like that. So what's the difference? Like, what is the reason that just feeling it and not feeling it's for it to go away, but just to feel to feel it, then that is more productive? I think uh, I think the feeling it is is a moment where it's like it's it's uh, kind of like it's not the capitalistic model it's not there's no per, there's nothing productive and there's no gain from sitting here and feeling it and uh, and so I I get in the idea that we have to move on and we have to like what's the point of meditation or what's the point of uh, what what's my unproductive time what's that really worth to me and uh, the value in it is just like just like kind of the, the ecological model too we have to re reestablish what our motivation is and where um, what's actually valuable to us as a and and figure out how to put that into capitalism or move away from capitalism it just like has to like we have to restructure things so and I think we have to do that emotionally too as uh, as we emotionally grow we learn how to reevaluate reevaluate put new value on our emotions and I don't think that's exactly what you asked but <laughs> good <laughs> got something Kyle um, no I don't be vulnerable. That's a first. <laughs> That's a first. Ladies and gentlemen, the first time Kyle's been stumped on the Social Ninjas podcast. Um, my question has to do with, uh, yeah, I, I guess my question more so was um, changing it from uh, like just fixing the problem. Like, what? So feeling it just to feel it. Like, I still, I'm trying to. Uh, comprehend why it's so much healthier hmm. is it because the person is not just throwing it under the rug yeah, over and over and over it. again and then all of a sudden the rug comes up and it's just like boom or yeah I think there would be a huge cost uh, and there's been a huge cost for me in the past when I like ignore my emotions and try to keep moving and, and generally I either spiral more in anxiety or um, or whatever emotion. Sometimes it's it's anger that slowly becomes more and more closer to rage if I'm not putting up healthy boundaries in my life. Um, and but I think that uh, the the value in the moment uh, of of feeling that emotion generally, usually for me, is is a connection with a, with another human. It's a it's an um, like the, the our emotions are. are are all inter interconnected between people and that's another reason why it's really hard to experience an emotion when you're alone like I'm, I'm, I can successfully feel and cry when I'm alone but it's a whole different experience when I'm sharing that moment with somebody else um, and I think that's why so much you know it's all on our face for a reason it's our smile our tears our face turns red all of it yeah I heard, I heard you talks about healthy boundaries. 
So how do you know what is a healthy boundary? What's just what's being mean? Ooh, uh, so uh, I think the most important thing for me a lot of times was learning that it's uh, and I still have to learn this all the time is it's okay to say no and no is a healthy response um, and I, that's looked different throughout my uh, growth as well um, and as even as a, as a therapist that looks different from time to time there's like a lot of conversation about um, like um, self-disclosure in therapy and things like that and uh, and I've tried out things that are too far and I recognize and I have to reevaluate like okay that was maybe I shared a little bit too much of myself and I'll take a step back from that and not do that with other people um, so I think a healthy boundary is always something that you have to you have to figure out for yourself always and it always has to be like um, it can change from day to day mm. yeah it's like a it's more of an internal uh, awareness. Okay. I have one I follow up to that question. So, um, how do you establish a healthy boundary in a way that's not coming off as rude? Ooh. So, uh, have so in in the situation, is this the first time you're setting a boundary, or is this the you've you've let them walk over this boundary a lot, and now you're setting it? Ooh. Let's let's start with the. The first time and go the <laughs> more than once. So the first time, um, the first time you set a boundary with somebody when they they test your boundaries and you decide to put up a no, I think you can be just you can be kind of flat affect and uh, just very clear about the the no. And uh, I don't think that there's a need to be all that sharp. And uh, and if they test it again, then this is the first interaction you've had with them then you then you then you can go further with it um but the first time is is kind of the easiest because this is the opportunity of uh, of seeing where they're at where you're at and you're not taking any of their power away because if you've if you've let them walk over your boundary a lot already and now you're saying no to something that you may not have said no to in the past now they're losing something and so when they lose something then then you you may have uh, they have some feelings that they're, they're they may be trying to process when they try to reestablish their control and uh and that that has to be their process and your process at the same time sometimes and if they're not emotionally developed that can go sideways pretty quick uh, so let's test this out man I just asked you a very uncomfortable question. You don't feel comfortable ask, or answering it. Do you answer this? No. <laughs> that is good. I got something? Do I have something? Yeah. I do. No, no. Yes! <laughs> yeah, so... I kind of, I got two questions. I'll start with the first one. So if you feel, I've been asking this recently, if you feel like yourself starting to fall and kind of to a depressive state, and maybe I know at least part of your answer, you know, what's, what's the uh, tools or what do you suggest for someone to do? I, 
I assume since from our you know previous 20 minutes or so talking that we want to you know accept that feeling and actually feel it but kind of how do we move on and get further and get past it so um I think a, a good one is to uh, to see. It's funny. I I really don't like the the, the term self care because I feel like it uh, is just it doesn't really have a lot of meaning for me. Um, but but there is the idea of like uh, going back to the basics of just kind of figuring out where I can provide more support for myself. Sometimes that's um, that's making sure that. If I if I am going to spend some time feeling it, to making sure that I when or if I do feel it, I'm feeling it with somebody else. Because uh, if I feel it alone, then I feel like that's for me a lot of times another way of just trying to make the problem go away, as opposed to feeling the emotion. And uh, so, and you know, I'm I'm an introvert. I do really well with a lot of alone time. And if I start feeling depressed, um, I may and that may be some feedback for me to say I've I've been isolating too much, and uh, and that I need to feel this sadness and recognize something that I lost. Um, for me, sadness is an expression of uh, of having lost something. So what did I lose? And uh, and going to somebody and sharing with them what it is I feel that I've lost. And uh, and then usually I'll, that'll create some kind of shift for me, feeling it with them, expressing my loss, and then um, recognizing where I can bolster my self care. So, is that you kind of said it was maybe just for you? Is it you have to express that feeling with someone else? Are there some people that can do it on their own? Uh, I think we've evolved as uh, as creatures that like we have an interpersonal dynamic and uh, emotions are um, an outward facing thing like uh, if um, there's like my all all of my emotions are things that happen externally outside of my body and there's that's a, a form of communication so um, so even though there's an emotional experience going on in my own head and in my own body, there's a, there's an emoting that is a, is a form of communication. I think that that, for me, was was a, is a good feedback that it needs to happen in space with somebody else. And I I've also felt it uh, felt it work that way for myself and in therapy that uh, that. Um, you can I, I can try to do some of this work by myself and feel and I can even like think like I can do some of the the rewriting of the narrative for myself um, you know recognizing when I'm shooting on myself or recognizing some of those patterns mm -hmm. but the but the emotional experience is something that I've I've only ever felt really actually work if I'm with somebody else Interesting. So is that because 
every therapist has to have a therapist, right? Is that something I just made up? I feel like I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> they should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My want is that, uh, hold on, have you cut out? <laughs> My a little bit yeah is, my want here is that you can acknowledge yourself for all the good you do uh, i'm gonna go a little bit change gears here and my question is i'm gonna do a real role play just for a bit interesting fun let's do this uh um i am i keep doing the same thing over and over again and it is making me have it is having me um it's hard for me to love myself because I keep making the same mistake. What do I do? Uh, let's make it a, what do you, what do you got? What's the example? What are, what are you doing? That's uh huh. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> example is like, let's just keep, I keep being mean. I keep being mean to people to keep, keep them away. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, so there's a there's a part of you that recognizes that this is this is a problem and this is a pattern that uh, that's coming up for you, and uh, so that part of you I'd, I'd like to talk to and uh, have a conversation with uh, to see what comes up for you when. Um, when you want to like what's the motivation to change that behavior and then also I'd like to explore what's the payoff of maintaining that behavior why do you want to keep it and that's the other part of you right and uh, I'd like to, to have a conversation with that part too and honor whatever it is that that part of you keeps bringing up um, Wow. <laughs> interesting so it's like you kept saying I want to uh, talk to that part of you so it's like talking to different parts of a person uh, I just found that interesting that you worded it that way hmm. yeah, I truly believe that everyone has multiple parts of themselves and it's just when um, people say from my own my own experience it's when I say I can't stand who I am but which part of you which um, which part of you do you not like? I like I like that just kind of segmenting it and spreading it out or uh, isolating it and really getting in touch with that one part of you not like I'm messed up. I don't like myself. What part of yourself do you not love? Mm. You like, I'm not getting into it for fun. <laughs> so yeah, speaking of that, so for people who do struggle with, you know, loving themselves, is that the kind of go-to is like, okay, what part of yourself do you not love? Like, is it more of like a, a deep dive onto you know, different parts of themselves and kind of just really observing that? Yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely a good way of going about it. And, and they may have really strong defenses up, um, to provide an answer for a lot of those and uh, and one way of feeling that emotion with them is to continue going and then sometimes you have to you have to change directions and go um, and more I, I that's uh, one of the things is too is that being creative about that moment is uh, is, is and choosing 
am I going down the road to say, uh, keep telling me like kind of what it is that you don't like about yourself and, and maybe we'll find some, some, uh, something to look at there and uh, something to, to change that narrative. And then also, um, just slowing everything down and seeing if you can see if there's there's already some of that at play of uh, going the other direction of uh, maybe there are things going on that uh, that you're not acknowledging in this moment that are things that you enjoy about yourself and that you're doing and uh, and they can both be powerful and uh, and they can also both be very dangerous depending on where the person's at yeah yeah, hmm. I, in the past, I noticed my my uh, tendency was to just go straight into what do you love about yourself. And maybe it's a little bit of a gear that can be worked on a little bit, some oil, just some nice little oil, just acknowledgement. So they're being seen, understanding has a positive intention, you know. Uh, the person's mad at themselves for being mean to others, but it's, you know, we always talk about this, there's, there's always a positive intention for that part of them mistake sometime in their life but now it's just now it's it's they hit rock bottom and they don't they don't like that it's not serving them anymore yeah mm -hmm. yeah what do you get out of not loving yourself you know just going straight <laughs> to it yeah yeah that was kind of my approach i mean i, I remember growing up and i i there was definitely parts of me that I didn't love myself it was mostly physical things. Like I hated that I had blonde hair and I hated that my skin was so pale. And I remember just kind of over time kind of clicked with me. It's like, what do I get out of not loving these physical attributes about me? And I just started kind of like owning that. And I was just, you know, it is once you're able to actually own that, then it just, I just felt so much better. Like I felt so much more confident and, yeah, it was amazing just making that simple kind of like, oh, I don't want to say simple, but that kind of mindset tweak. Hmm. That's, that's a good question. So why someone's not comfortable with their body? Uh, I think that that's, um, I, I think I would go in the direction of like, what's the buy-in for not being comfortable with your body sometimes? I think that that's a, that's a good route to take as far as exploring um that can be a difficult place to be in though not being comfortable with your body because uh being in the present and and pulling us back to this moment is often like um maybe there's maybe there's ways to explore how to um to be creative and explore that narrative some so what's something that you do like about that body like or you know, the the specifics that you have what's what's some benefits of having having the blonde hair and pale skin like what's acknowledging that there's that there's a good side to even the things that you don't like um and uh and just trying to pull apart that narrative more and more and uh you know a lot of times i think there's a not liking something can also be a motivation to make a change. So, uh, if if uh, you don't like the color of your hair, you can change it, right? So, maybe that maybe this is serving you to provide some energy of, to do something different, and that that should be honored as well sometimes. 
and sometimes also how can we explore accepting yourself as fully who you are because that's the most important thing to do and maybe we just need to like add another layer to this of uh of i i am very self-critical and uh what what can i enjoy about that so how do you know when to accept something about yourself and when it's something that you need to make a change on so uh I think uh, I think I've had to do that a lot with uh, like a severe mental health population. A lot of times is uh, is there's there's aspects that uh, so providing a lot of feedback a lot of times of um, uh, this behavior that you have. Um, I notice that it comes along with also being very uh, socially isolated, uh, or this behavior that you have uh, it. And the, the, the should is very easy to put in there. Uh, uh, you should have more community or you should have more. But the exploration with the person in the room is more like, are you comfortable with how much community that you have? Are, are you comfortable with, uh, with what's going on? Um, so, and it, a lot of times, if there's, if there's a physical attribute or if there is like something personal going on in that moment, then, uh, then, how do we explore what community is there and acknowledge that and reinforce the idea that there's a there is a lot of support here there's a lot of there's you have a lot of social uh connections um so really breaking down the feedback and the the awareness through what's going on i feel like uh i'm uh, yeah well said <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you said you're an introvert earlier, and so I, I know being an introvert myself, I've had thoughts of like, being an introvert sucks, I want to be an extrovert. <laughs> like what, and I know a lot of introverts feel that way, so like, what are some of the pros of being an introvert? Uh, the pros of being an introvert, um, I can do the same thing for like eight hours and be entertained. I can, um, which is uh, sometimes reading a book. Sometimes it's it's uh, just being very. I playing video games, being very isolated, not um, and the, being that's a, being quarantined. It's a big plus right now. Yes. <laughs> I, love, uh, I love the framing. This is positive framing. Like, well, what's positive? <laughs> what's the positive? How is it serving you? Like, what is it? What are the good parts about being an introvert? I mean, I, I'm sure as, extro as an extrovert, uh, why you can just like be comfortable with yourself and not like hang out with people? <laughs> but then you just switch around, but, oh, Jeremy, what's the benefits of being an extrovert? <laughs> you just Jedi-minded me. <laughs> so... One, one thing, like I said, I've heard a lot of people say, like kind of what the pros being an introvert are. One thing I always say, and maybe it's not true to all introverts, uh, maybe it's just me. Uh, I always say like, I have like a really good listening ability. Mm. I know like, <laughs> I get this example all the time. Like this is this guy I work with. I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm good. But uh, <laughs> I'll like 
Anytime like having a conversation with him, I feel like he's not listening to a word I say, and it just like interrupt me just right in the middle of my sentence. And like me, I, I know he doesn't even realize he's doing it, but and not all extroverts do that. <laughs> not picking on you, Jeremy. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, something I always say. It's just like, um, yeah, just like having that listening skill, and really, that's such a good skill to have. Hmm. It's, uh, it's not a sexy skill to have. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think experts can have it as well. Cause I know Jeremy does. At least I think he's listening to me. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you saying, Kyle? I was just, like, staring off. There's this beautiful tree outside, and the leaves are orange. <laughs> That's good. Oh, yes, it's just kind of hostile. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the compliments. Oh, I have a question. So say there's a guy at his, at his work that he has a, his coworker keeps interrupting him. How could he tell him in a healthy way that it is bothering him? I, I definitely think you have to choose your your choose your battles. Is this is this a person in a relationship that can uh, handle some honest feedback? Is this um, a relationship that you want to invest more in? And uh, and then if it is then then I think it's a great time to provide that feedback. Are you open to some feedback? Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's awesome. I'm getting all, I'm getting all heights of what's like just the framing of it. It's almost always a positive framing. It reminds me of this commercial where there's this kid who's like, I'm the best batter in the world. He throws the ball up and like misses it. He's like, I'm the best pitcher in the world. Same <laughs> <laughs> thing of that. It's like uh, so as human beings, I tend to go to negative a lot. It's a lot easier to go to negative. What is that about? Hmm. Uh, why is it easier to go to the more self-critical negative aspect? Yeah. Uh, well, I think for the same reason uh, that you've you've created a podcast, I think it's like the idea that uh, that you're constantly searching for how to make yourself better. So, and that's uh, that's what brought you guys to this point in your life to and to to making a podcast, right? Is you you guys have constantly searched for personal growth, and you can look at that as self-critical and always going to the negative, but it's it's what's helped you grow and uh, sometimes get further than you would have. Wow. Negative I'm, thoughts I'm, are I'm, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. I was waiting for like, uh, Jeremy, you would not know me if you weren't trying to become a whole, <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're trying to work on yourself. What are you trying to say, Jeremy? I'm just so happy you're hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm just gonna say it. Ben is like my go-to guy. I'm like really it's like trouble time. I will. He's I, I call him sometimes I'm guilty. I'm like I want to hold the space for him though. And sometimes he'll be trying to give me feedback. You know, like I'll I'll try to turn it around and try to like do some stuff with him. It's like Jeremy, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> And you have definitely successfully held space for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hold on, here's a good one. What if deflecting? What if 
you find yourself deflecting all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I really love the dynamic of um, just the framing of it. For example, I in my background, I um, used humor, which I am now. I use humor to deflect from feeling different emotions, from being taken seriously, because if I'm not taken seriously, then um, then people won't uh, challenge me. And if I'm, not, if I'm making jokes, I'm just a funny guy. I can I, I can do no wrong. And I just love the, the positive framing. Like, well, how does your sense of humor uh, serve you? <laughs> mm. I feel like it can use in so many ways. Like my sense of humor is fantastic for, it has its, its uh, purpose and just getting me outside my head sometimes like now because i indirectly or directly i should say worked on it because i was just i I did it for my coping mechanism i now practiced my sense of humor and now i have a sense of humor so it's like i love the dynamics there's 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 a pro and like in the the biggest struggles that i have have been my greatest gifts Mm -hmm. i think that that's a I was thinking earlier, like uh, a friend of mine was talking about, like, what would you say to your younger self in order to like uh, provide them with some some feedback and maybe they could like make different choices. And uh, man, I, I wouldn't want to lose all that practice I had at doing all those things that I did, even though I don't like them, even though I, I wish I would have done it differently. Um, mm. You know. Uh, yeah jeremy talks to strangers uh because i had no friends in middle school and i was alone and i just practiced talking to people just to do reps and understand learning how to do it and, and embracing rejection i got the gift of talking to people yeah yeah So should I should I ask the question, Jeremy? Don't do it. Don't ask the question. I hope you are mentally prepared, Ben. Are you open to the question that we ask everyone? So, so if there's a one message that you could share with the entire world, what would it be? Ooh. Um, I feel like I'm gonna mess it up. Uh, um, what would you say to a person who thinks they're going to mess it up? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, there's always a bigger picture. So uh, I, I love uh, the idea that there's that there's more to the story than than um, than what you're going through right now, and also all there is is right now. And uh, yeah, all there is is right now. I yeah, it. I love it. I love it a lot. I think it's beautiful. I was, I was reading, uh, I don't want to go into more. It used to get me all hyped up. Uh, <laughs> like it's like dating tips almost. And they're saying like guys and they, they talk to girls and they have it where like, you want to hang out sometime? And, the, and but like psychologically the girls are like, kind of hanging out right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so just be in the now. I love that so much. Hmm. Thank you uh, for being on the podcast. Um, Thanks for having me.